I don't know that I've taken, well, I, I know that I've not ever preached on baptism and the Lord's Supper and on the same Sunday. Uh, anytime we have communion, we always have a message uh, in regards to the Lord's Supper to help focus our, our thoughts on what is before us. So this is a special communion for one person because she's watched that plate pass before her on many occasions, and now she's able to, to partake of it. Um, so now we come to consider the second ordinance, and before I get into the message, I, I certainly, my, my prayer above all things in what has already happened and what will happen you know, between now and, and us partaking of uh, communion together is that Christ be exalted. Uh, that's been my concern. That's my desire. And so that's my prayer even now. And I, I wanted to ask uh, Brother Donnie if he would uh, pray for us. Sure. Go ahead, Brother. Have it. And though I am unworthy to sit down as a guest, I wholly rest on the merits of Jesus and hide myself beneath his righteousness. When I hear his tender invitation and see his wondrous grace, I cannot hesitate but must come to thee in love. By thy spirit, enliven my faith, rightly to discern and spiritually to apprehend the Savior. While I gaze upon the emblems of my Savior's death, Yes. Presented myself an offering to expiate your sin, shed my blood to blot out your guilt, opened my side to make you stand, endured your curses to set you free, bore your condemnation to satisfy divine justice. Oh, may I rightly grasp the breadth and length of this design, draw near, obey, extend the hand, take the bread, receive the cup, eat and drink, testify before Suffer, I remember his eternal love, boundless grace, infinite compassion, agony in the cross, redemption, and receive assurance of pardon, adoption, life, glory. As the outward elements nourish my body, so may thy indwelling spirit invigorate my soul until that day when I hunger and thirst no more. Yes. Jesus of heavenly creatures. Yes. Amen. Puritan prayer. <laughs> you know, I said long, not long ago, well, it was last week, about um, you know Martin Lord Jones being, and he was a doctor, so he knew the difference between being tired and being exhausted. He was at the point of exhaustion, and he goes to rest. He gets up the latest possible minute. It seems walks in, services have already begun, and there's a man praying. Never seen the man before. Never heard the man before, 
But the prayer that he prayed so invigorated him that his exhaustion was removed and he was able to preach uh, to the congregation. So, um, you know, we may not pray like that because that's what really the Valley of Vision is, is a book of of prayers uh, that have been prayed. And um, you may not be able to pray like that, but you can have the same heart. And the Lord hears you the same. It doesn't take eloquent you know, words to get his attention. It takes humility, a contrite heart. Um, these the Lord does not despise. And our prayer may be simple um, in comparison to that, but uh, is regarded, received, heard, and answered the same. So, uh, amen, brother. Would, well, would you also pray for us? Okay. Amen. No, I, I, I was thinking as Donnie was reading that, you know, I could probably not say anything else. And I mean, the content of what was in that, you know, we could just go on just, just on that. Um, but the Lord has given me uh, some things to, uh, to say, and, and, and I'm, I'm conscious at the same time that I, I don't know what time you have to leave. Do you know? Have you kind of, you've been to that airport before, so you kind of have an idea of what it's like to get through security and everything one okay so trying to be conscious of of Rebecca having to leave um at the same time so glad that she was able to be here uh two weekends back to back the Lord the Lord uh, did that but now we we come to consider the Lord's Supper and um you know we we look at this and it's 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 in a sense it's kind of like a seal um we were walking through a store Friday after we picked up Rebecca from the airport and Lydia has um, an, an affection for candle making and so she saw these little tea candles that were already you know made but she's like dad can I get these because she wants said I want to get a seal you know I can melt that wax and you can put it you know in an envelope to send a letter um, and I said sure yeah so we can do that um, but um, you know I, I look at this and I think in some respects you know, I, I graduated two years ahead of my wife in school. So she had two years yet to go after I'd already graduated. But before that time, I'd, I'd given her a ring. Um, and it was, it was uh, an engagement ring. And there was another piece to it, Sister Shelby, that you know, we got married, they fit together and all that kind of stuff. You know, but, but you think about that ring, and it was a seal. It was a testimony you know, to the love uh, that I had for her, the desire that I had for her, even uh, being a junior in high school, 
uh, for her to be my wife whenever she graduated. Um, and I think about this table in a similar way. And I think about it in the sense that here's the seal that God has made, this testimony that God has given. Um, you know, he's, he's given, I, 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 I argued from this standpoint, talking to Anna recently, I said, if he's gave his only, he gave his only begotten son, if he's given his only begotten son, you know, for us, what will he not give? You know, arguing from the greater to the lesser, you know, if he's done this, what will he not do? If he's given this, what will he not give? Um, it, it's, it's, really, it's really wonderful to think about, isn't it, uh, from, from that, that, um, that way. Um, you know, there's a passage in Lamentations 3.20 where the, the, the writer says, My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. Now, he's not speaking about communion. But when you think about that verse, my soul has these things in remembrance, and it's humbled within me. Um, it's humbled that, that God would, would show such grace to me, Sister Shelby. It's humbled that, that God would, 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 would reach down and show unto me his great love and, and to shed his love abroad in my heart and draw me unto himself, uh, unworthy as I, as I am. Uh, by his grace to do that, it is humbled. My soul is humbled you know, within me. Um, it's humbling to consider what the Lord's done for us. And we, we gladly confess that. I mean, you've had those conversations with those people who've said, but you don't know what I've done. Guess what? You don't know what I've done. Uh, and I can point to people in Scripture who've done worse, um, you know, than, than you. Um, there was a man that actually, the one that comes to mind that said that to me was, was actually um, in the mafia uh, at one time in Chicago. And um, some things he said, you just don't know. And I said, it doesn't matter. Um, Christ has come. You know, yeah, but if I walked into that building, you know, it would collapse. I mean, you just don't know the type of person I am. No, Christ has come. You know, uh, the spirit of the bride say, come. Let him who is a thirst come. Let him take of the water of life freely, without money, you know, without, you know, cost to us as far as what you would, you know, what would you pay for a salvation such as this? I mean, there is no amount of money, you know, that, that, that can, can be given to purchase um, you know, salvation. It's all in Christ. He's purchased us with his own blood. And by so doing, guess what? We've become his possession. Lord, I'm yours. Do with me as you will. And Anna and I were talking about that too. Like I said, kind of a jet tour through things the Lord's, the Lord's you know, brought me through to understand. I said, but at the same time, the Lord's not going to take you anywhere that his grace, he won't lead you anywhere that his grace won't be. And everything that he brings into your life, you don't, you don't have to be afraid. We've talked about it from, from this perspective before where, where somebody says, you know, don't pray for patience. You know why, don't you? Because tribulation worketh patience. So if you pray for patience, there's going to be some things you're going to have to go through, Right? And so people say, well, you don't want to do that. You don't want to pray. There was the woman that came to the pastor after services, and she said, Pastor, pray for me that I might have more patience. And he said, Lord, give this dear sister tribulation. She said, that's not what I asked for. But he said, that's what the Word of God says. Tribulation worketh patience. You know? So we don't have to be afraid to ask God to help us to grow. We don't have to be afraid to ask God to grant us more grace, to to 
increase our faith, to, to teach us to pray. You know, we don't have to be afraid to ask for any of those things because he causes all things to work together for our good. You know, we don't have to be afraid that God's going to do something that, that's going to hurt us. He's going to do something, you know, that's going to harm us. No, everything that, that he does works together for our good, you know, to, to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. You know, he, he works all these things together, you know, for their good. Um, I forget what I did to you. Uh, well, now I remember, but I probably ought not to say that. But <laughs> so, so she said, did you just do that to me? And I had a cup in my hand that it says, in everything give thanks. And I showed it to her. In <laughs> um, everything we can give thanks. Because, because the Lord would not do, will not do, cannot do anything to us that is not for our good. Uh, so we can rejoice, you know, in him, in that. Um, but, you know, we spoke, we spoke about Christ being our hope of glory. Well, here, you know, we have this, this, this illustration before us, you know, of, of our Lord's atoning death and sacrifice um, and him being our hope you know, of glory. We see the wonderful provision made by the Lord himself showing forth, we, in remembrance of me, showing forth the Lord's death until they come. That's what we're doing this morning. We, need, we take our eyes off of ourselves and we look to Christ. You know, Spurgeon said that. He said, you know, take one look at yourself. And I know I mentioned this to you recently, but it bears repeating. Take one look at yourself. Take inventory. You know, Ann and I were talking about it from this perspective. This, the, the devil's going to come and say, yeah, but you did this. Yeah, but you're, you know, and you couldn't be because of that. And the Lord wouldn't accept you because of the, it's not me. Take one look at self and a thousand, you know, looks to Christ. So taking our eyes off ourselves and looking unto God. Um, one man said this, he said, though the pulpit may have failed, the Lord's Supper has still gone on declaring, proclaiming, and preaching the Lord's death at the communion table. Um, so hopefully the pulpit hasn't, hasn't failed, uh, but um, I thought it was a good statement. But as with baptism and partaking of the Lord's Supper, we're once again, we're reminded of our union with Christ, buried with him in baptism, raised again, you know, a newness of life. Um, and that he died, we've died also. And that he's raised, we're raised, you know, with him. Um, so we see this, you know, here before us. We're in Christ, this union that we have in Christ because we're in Christ. Like I said, we've died with him. We've been buried with him. We've been risen again with him. Romans eight ten and 11 says this, and if Christ be in you, well, it's Christ in us. That's the hope of glory, right? And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. We are not what we were. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. This is the life that we have in Christ. Um, and the Lord's Supper is really, it's a declaration, it's a memorial, it's a remembrance of, of the benefits that are ours you know, because of the new covenant. Um, Hebrews 8, 10 through 12 says this, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I mean, aren't you, aren't you so glad that it's not, it's not just up to you, that you're running under your own steam and in your own strength, and it's up to you to get from here to heaven? 
For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind. One of, one of the girls last night started singing a song that's, you know, kind of a, uh, a catchy tune, you know, and today. And uh, the other one said, great, now that's in my mind. I'm gonna have, it's going to take a while to get rid of that, you know. And I said, yes. I said, I, I, I know what you're saying. And, I, and when those things happen, I told you that recently, when those things happen, because you go into the stores and they're playing, and I'm like, Lord, take it away. I'm driving down the road and haven't even heard some of those things, you know, at that moment, but they're there from yesterday or whatever. You know, the convenience store, I may have walked in that morning or something. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to, you know, that, that's not honoring to you. You know, that's not glorifying to you. I want to sing the hymns that you've given me. I, I want to sing about Christ. I want to sing about, about the salvation of, of, and, the, and the glory of the salvation of, of my God. Uh, I want to, to worship you as I'm driving down the road. Um, and I'll start singing a hymn, and the Lord will take that other thing you know, away. Um, sometimes it's a fight, though. But I will put my laws into their mind. Um, you know, I... There was a, a nice framed copy. I mentioned a man by the name of Conrad Merle. There was a nice framed copy, and some of you have heard this before, of the Ten Commandments that somebody gave unto him. And he's like, where am I going to put this? You know where he hung it? Outside on the wall, outside of the building, under, under the covered you know, porch. Yeah, it was great big. You know, Why? Because in here, in here, it's written, you know, it's written. So I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. I will be to them a God. There's no maybe there, is there? I will be to them a God, and they shall be. I mean, there's the other side of it. They're going to be my people. They shall be to me a people, and they shall not teach every man his brother or his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Isn't that wonderful? Christ the fulfillment, Christ the mediator, uh, you know, here before us. Hebrews twelve twenty four says, And to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. That Hebrews is kind of a better things book, isn't it? It's full of better, you know, things. Um, so every time we meet at the communion table and partake of the Lord's Supper, we are declaring Christ. You know, to those around us that don't know the Lord, we're declaring Christ. Uh, you know, to, to those that are, because that are, you may have someone, you think about the Corinthian church and you think about the things that were going on. There were some that were eating and drinking unworthily in an unworthy uh, worthy manner. You know, there were some that were living in, in sin, you know, and, and they haven't repented of that sin, and they were coming to the table. Some were being gluttonous, some were drunk. You know, there's all kind of things that were, that were going out, or uh, going on, rather. Um, we're declaring Christ to the brother or sister who lacks assurance. We're declaring Christ. You know, to the one who's unconverted, we're declaring Christ. To the one who's maybe, you know, they're, they're in a place they shouldn't be, we're declaring Christ, you know, over and over and over again. Um, that we, as we receive, we receive, as what Donnie was reading, you know, we receive our strength to live unto God by Him. It's by Christ. 
It's the vine and the branches, right? He's the vine. We're the branches. You know, we're receiving the strength to produce anything, you know, from, from Christ. And the bread and the cup remind us uh, of this as we partake. As, as, as Donnie was reading, you know, that, that Puritan prayer, and he was talking about the physical nourishment, but this represents a spiritual reality, you know, that we have before us. So um, as we actually take the bread and eat it and drink the cup and swallow it, we're saying, I live because he died. I live because he died and rose again, and he's living in me. That's what we're saying to those around us. We're not only joined to Christ in this, we're joined to one another. It's, it's his body. Um, 1 Corinthians 10 Verse 16 says, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? We're coming together around this table, you know, in communion. The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. We're partaking of him. As we come to the communion service, and I noticed this morning this has already been done. Usually we have one you know, round sort of unleavened uh, cake, I guess we could call it, and pieces are broken off. Uh, Teresa already you know, broke them for us this morning. But as we come to this communion service and the bread is broken, you know, we're reminded at, at one and the same time of, of here's the part, but it's part of the whole. You know, we're a body. Um, the term communion represents not only our communion with the Lord, but our communion with one another. He died for me. I'm joined to him, but I'm joined to you too. Uh, we're joined to one another. So these, these are some of the things that, that we think upon and realize as we come you know, to the table declaring the Lord's death until he comes. And you think about that ring I was talking about, that promise that was there. Um, you know, here we sang that hymn, I'm a child of the king. You know, um, he's saying, I'm yours and you're mine. You belong unto me. You are my child. Uh, can there be anything more uh, precious? Um, Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you're called in one body, and be thankful. You know, there's, the Roman Catholic Church uses the term Eucharist. You know what that term actually means? You know what that word means? You know, they've, they've like so many other places, there are words that have been robbed from us. Okay? That word Eucharist means Thankful. Can another word, you know, uh, I mean, you think about a word that could be used to come to this table, thankful. Uh, that's certainly uh, a word that describes this occasion. It's an occasion for thanksgiving. Um, so, you know, we have this thanksgiving meal, Steve, you know, once, once a year. You know, this thing called thanksgiving. But here we come to this table and we're thankful, you know, more times of the year than just one. Uh, daily we ought to be uh, thankful. But God's given us and chosen to give us this ordinance. Um, in a sense, you, you think about this the God, as if God's saying, I give you the benefits of the death of my son. I give you those benefits. Live on him. Realize what I have done for you in him. What I am doing for you in him and through him. So who partakes of the Lord's table? And we've not done this since some of you have been coming. Do we practice a closed communion? Do we practice an open communion? Do you even know those terms? You know, um, our communion's open. 
It's open to any and all who believe upon, profess faith in, look unto the Lord. It's, a, it's, it's like this baptism. It's a believer's baptism. This is a believer's table. And so any and all you know, are welcome. I have good friends that I would not be able to partake of communion in their church because it's closed. It's only for the members you know, of that church. Um, that's where they are. This is where you know, we are you know, as a church. So um, it is open to all who would come and, and have professed faith in, in Christ uh, and said, I live. Yes, I live upon Christ. I eat his flesh and drink his blood by faith. You know, it's not literally those things. We understand that. Uh, but spiritually, um, it, it does speak of the benefits, like we said, of what's been done for us. And henceforth, I live upon him. Henceforth, I live unto him. Um, so it's for those who's, who have had their, they have an answer of a good conscience we spoke of this morning. They've, their, their sins through repentance have been you know, forgiven. And um, they're here for the assurance uh, that Christ has given you know, unto us to remember him in this, this ordinance when we come to the table. Uh, when we come away from this table, we ought to be strengthened. Really. It ought to be a strengthening thing uh, for us. Um, but if you aren't a believer, then you should refrain uh, from taking it. Um, but also at the same time, it's an encouragement. Call upon the Lord. Whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be uh, saved. So as we, as we come uh, to the table, um, I'd ask Dad if you would uh, come. And, and I don't know, Brother Donnie, do you, would you be willing to come up and, okay, um, and help us here? I didn't know what that was, but I think it's part of that plant, a fake plant. <laughs> this is not fake. There's a reality here, right? That plant is fake, but this, this is real. Um, and as we come to this time, um, we always you know, begin uh, in prayer, and um, I'll, I'll do that. I'll lead us in prayer. Uh, Father, as we... As we come to this table and think upon these things that we've, that we've seen today, these realities that we have in Christ, um, these riches that we have in Christ, these glories that are ours in Christ, these benefits that are ours uh, in Christ, Father, truly the, the word does come to our minds thankful. Um, Father, we are so thankful uh, for, for the gift of salvation. We're so thankful for, uh, Father, you the giving of your only begotten son. We're so thankful for being saved from wrath. We're so thankful for being saved from hell. We're so thankful to be saved and be brought into this condition that we're in that we desire no longer to live unto ourselves but to live for you and to live for your glory and to live that we may honor you in all that we do. And so, Father, as we come to this table, just as we have said so many times um, before, I don't know that we've necessarily made application of this particular verse to... You know, this moment, but um, uh, I think it, 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 it has application whether we eat or we drink or whatsoever we do. 
Uh, we, we want to do this at this time, at this moment. We want to do this to your glory. Um, so, Father, we pray that you'd help us. Um, strengthen us. Uh, we, ought to, we ought to be able to leave this table rejoicing. Strengthen us, Father, uh, by these things. We know that there's, there's just a little bit uh, in the cup, and there's just a little bit as far as the bread's concerned. And it's not, it's not necessarily enough to nourish uh, the body, but, but what these things represent, we know, nourishes our souls. And so we look unto you and ask for your help this morning to enter into the reality of these things, to enter into the thoughts of these things that we may uh, rejoice Uh, in the joy of our salvation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, Dan, there you go. Brother, you just want to follow him's fine. If he even heard me. I think this is loud enough he probably heard me. So there's many places that we could read from um, in Scripture in regards to um, this. You know, we know in the same night the Lord instituted this, that that same night he was betrayed. You know, Judas betrayed him. Um, we, we think about that it was the Passover. And we think about, you know, um, Egypt. And we think about the Passover meal. And we think about the blood upon the doorpost. And we think about the death angel that passed over and we think about the hymn that we sing, when I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. Um, and so here's this blood that's been shed for the remission of our sins. And God's wrath has passed over us. We were at enmity with God, now we're a child of God. Um, and we're at peace, you know, with God. So uh, what, a, what a wonderful reality. Like I said, shouldn't this strengthen us? Shouldn't this cause us to joy in our salvation to think about what the Lord's called us to in remembering this? Uh, but, you know, Paul, in, in probably one of my favorite places is 1 Corinthians 10. Paul said, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. I mean, thousands of years ago. And here we are, you know, still hoping and trusting and waiting upon the Lord, saying, even so come, Lord Jesus. Um, but he said, I received that of the Lord which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, which we have done, he break it. It's been broken. Um, these aren't little squares from the communion shop. This was, this was made, you know, at the house. Um, but he break it and said, take eat, for this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Take and eat. I'll give you a moment because it is unleavened bread. It's not a cracker, you know. Um, but after the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death. What are we doing? We're showing the Lord's death. Is that a somber thing? No, it's a rejoicing thing. We rejoice in the salvation that we have. In another place, in Mark 14, it says, after those things that I've already read, it says, then they sung a hymn, right? So I wanted to sing a hymn. Did you want to play it or do you want your sister to play it? Okay, she wants you to play it. So it's, it's number, 
It's in the blue book, and it's number 187. Let's, let's stand. Number 187. Yeah, somebody will come around and collect all those. Number 187. Blessed be the tie that binds.